Hello and welcome to the ETOF 2-1 Sports Podcast for Saturday, June 20th. How's everyone doing today? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF 2-1 Sports coming at you. You can find my work at ETOF 2-1 Sports on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and yes, TikTok. I know I have been slacking on the old TikTok videos, but it's just been a hellish week. I'm not going to lie. How's everyone doing? Are we staying safe? Has anyone else kind of noticed how everyone is on edge? Um, Case in point, I'm driving yesterday and going to a meeting, driving at a light, and I get a text message. I look down at my phone. Yes, I looked at my phone when I was driving. I know. I'm sorry, but I did. Because I was sitting at a light, looked down. Guy honks behind me, light turned green, even though the guy going the other way hadn't gone yet, this guy is honking at me. So, you know, I waved my hand, like, hey, you know, my bad, my fault, you know, whatever. So, wave my hand, my fault, my bad, go down, turn on my road, I have to go to my meeting. This guy honks his horn and starts giving me the middle finger. So just to review, I admitted I fucked up. I said, my bad, my fault, and this dude still is giving me the middle finger. I mean, people are just so on edge, it's insane. So, I mean, I would just, like, I know my strategy is I'm just keeping my head down, just doing me, not worrying about anyone else. People are trying to start shit. You know, I just walk away, but then again, I'm a pretty big boy, so uh, I don't think anyone really want to start anything with me. And that's just something that happened to me. I mean, like, I'm sure everyone else has stories that have happened to them. So, I mean, just be safe. Kind of just kind of be on edge. So, another funny thing happened to me this week. Um, I'm single. I made a new friend. And my new friend was over. And she was like, do you have something to drink? Can I get, you know, can I get something to drink? I'm like, I'll get it. She's like, no, I'll get it. So, she goes to my fridge And she's like, what do you have? And I'm like, well, I have Miller Lite and water. Because that's honestly, on Tuesday, what, what was it Tuesday or Wednesday? Tuesday or Wednesday, that's all I had in my fridge because I hadn't been to the store yet. And she's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll grab a water. So she goes, she's like, oh, you have a Coke. I'll just, I'll just take one of these Cokes. So she takes the Coke and... I don't keep all my money in a bank. I have these little Coke safes. So it's a bottle of Coke that the top unscrews and you just put money in it. So I have a couple of those in my in my fridge. So Lauren, the lawyer, that's, you know, what I call her, she comes out with all these bottles. And she's like, are you a drug dealer? because I had all this money. So she literally thought I was a drug dealer. So I had to explain to her what I did and why I keep the money there. So I think we're good. I don't really know yet. Stuff's just kind of starting out. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see. But then again, she doesn't get the whole, what can I say? She doesn't have the whole picture of everything I do yet. She only has a little bit of a picture. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of how that, 
material materializes so but it was kind of funny like she, like legitimately like for five minutes she thought I was a drug dealer with all the money I had in my fridge which was kind of funny but we have a good show today um as usual it's a Saturday I'm gonna jump into my MMA bets for this evening's UFC fight card I believe we have five we're five deep um and then I'll be talking about my thoughts on hedging a lot of people have asked me like hedging questions and I'll kind of dive into the hedging questions a little bit, and then, of course, I'll go on a rant about rookie wide receivers and why I tend to stay away from rookie wide receivers in fantasy football. So we got a great show today, so let's dive into the UFC bets to start. So the first UFC play is we are going Roxy plus 170 to win via decision. That is one unit risking to win 1.7 units. The main thing with this is Roxy has been able to be training at a gym with her team during this whole COVID-19 stuff. And her opponent, Murphy, she's just been training with her husband. Now, some people are able to, to train with a spouse, but most people are not just because it's a spouse. I know that sounds crazy. So just in that aspect... That gives Roxy a huge advantage in my eyes because she has been getting the proper coaching and training to prepare for this fight. I know Murphy's hubby is a jujitsuist like Roxy, but still, that really has to question that training that Murphy has done. With the smaller ring, I believe Roxy is going to be able to to get Murphy to the ground and work the jiu-jitsu game. I don't, however, think that she's going to be able to finish her. I like to play decisions a lot, so I'm going to play the decision prop here, plus 170. Our next play is Casey, plus 305 via decision. That's risking one unit to win 3.05 units. Casey, she moved up the flyweight. And she has very fast hands, but her feet are very are slower, let's say. I mean, she's fast compared to a lot of us. But in the MMA world, her feet are slow. Um, but I just kind of feel that this is a great matchup and that her opponent, Robertson, has struggled with people with power in case he does have the power advantage over Robertson. So... I kind of feel it's going to be a perfect storm. Casey is going to be able to weather the takedown attempts, keep the feet, keep the fight, excuse me, standing up, and be able to point herself out, point Robertson, and get the decision victory. I just feel when you look at the fight, all the fighters, the fighters' strengths, Casey's strengths are Robertson's weaknesses, and that's the that's the reason why I'm playing this decision victory. I don't think Casey's going to be able to finish Robertson, but I think she's going to be able to grind out a victory on the points. Plus 305, risking one unit to win 3.05 units. The next fight, green plus 155 via decision, risking one unit to win 1.55 units. You know, I'm the biggest Clay Glita fan in the world. In fact, Clay Glita was the guy that kind of got me hooked on MMA back in the day, but... He's a shell of the fighter he used to be in his age. Unfortunately, is really start, starting to show. 
but he's a tough son of a bitch, and I see Green controlling the ring, out-punching him, and, and just working him. Guido's not going to get knocked out because he's too tough. His chin's too good. And Green's just going to control, out-punch. Guido's going to try to take him to the ground, but he's the shell of the fighter he used to be. And it's going to be a real tough watch, um, especially if you're a Quake Guido fan. He's not going to be able to get any offense in. Green, plus 155, definitely a play for me. Definitely something I've locked in via decision. I just don't see how Guido is going to be able to stop him and out-wrestle him. So I'll definitely take Green via decision, plus 155, risking one unit to win 1.55 units. The next one is Roberts, plus 180, again, via decision. A lot of those going on today. Risking one unit to win 1.8 units. Roberts has a huge advantage in cardio and physical, and Miller's not going to be able to lock to knock him out or finish the fight in the first round. So you obviously are going to take the fighter with the way better cardio. I mean, it's not rocket scientist. So I definitely like that. I mean, there is a chance, you know, Miller could, you know, get him down, get a quick submission because Roberts has had trouble with technical wrestlers, but I think Roberts is going to be able to get out of the first round and then the cardio is just going to take shape and he's just going to be able to use his clinch game and get the decision victory so roberts via decision plus 180 risking one unit to win 1.8 units play we have good via decision plus 325 another bomb i mean here i just feel that good's going to be pushing forward and be fighting on his front and since the cage, Muhammad's going to be backing up. Goods has a huge power advantage. And Muhammad has the output advantage. Muhammad's going to throw more. But in terms of significant strikes, there's a huge advantage for Good. I don't think he's going to be able to knock him out, but in terms of doing the most damage, I think Good's going to be able to do that, and this plus 325 price is just way too juicy to pass up. So I'll knock in that plus 325 all day, risking one unit to win 3.25 units. And the last one is Burgos plus 270 via decision, risking one unit to win 2.7 units. Burgos, he's just a better fighter in my eyes. He has more variety in his striking game. He's good on the ground. I mean, there's obviously a risk with the power that Emmett has. But I just think that Burgos is going to not stick his chin out there through the whole fight. And he's just going to be able to use his vast advantage in the skill department to get the victory here. So I'll definitely take that juicy price of plus 270. So there you have it. We are actually six deep, risking one unit each. So, you know, we'll see what we can do. You know, we're off to a good UFC start to the year. Up 16.43 units. So, again, those spreadsheets can be found at ETOF21Sports. And, you know, 
I've gone on this rant before. If someone is claiming to be a sports better, consultant, or whatever you want to call it, and they're not providing spreadsheets, that's just a sign to run. If they're saying how they've been doing in the short term, that's a sign to run. For me, it's long term, and you want long term results. And I mean, I've shown this year my results are what they are. I have a certain way of playing. I don't play stuff over minus 120. Some people like to do the big um, money line favorites. That's just not my style. I'm not going to do a big money line parlay favorite risking one unit and getting a ROI of blah back when it, I need two things to happen to get one thing to come back to me, if that makes sense. I mean, when I parlay, they're big odds, and it's a low-risk, high-reward. So that's why when I have a parlay and there's one leg left to hit, I'm not going to hedge because it is such a big money line favorite. If I do the other thing, I would have to put up an astronomical thing for to hedge the bet and thus cutting my profits. So it doesn't make sense for me to, for do, to do that. So I'm not a big hedger at all in terms of parlay bets. Future bets, you know, that's another thing. That kind of has to play out and see what they do. There's been some times where I've had a big future bet where I haven't hedged. I remember years ago I had Waranka in tennis for the Aussie Open. I think I had an 80 or 100 to 1. I didn't hedge. I just, I just rolled with it. Because Nadal was such a heavy favorite, he was meeting in the finals. I would have had to put down an arm and a leg, and that would significantly cut into my privates, my, my privates, my um, my profits. And then, in I didn't do the when I had Chilich to win the U.S. Open at a hundred to one, I just let that flow. But there has been times where I have hedged. That year, where Georgia was playing Alabama in the national championship game, I think I had Georgia at like eighty-five to one to win it all. And when they got that huge advantage, and Alabama, I was able to get Alabama, I think, 6-1 to one to win the game, I took Alabama at a hedge of that price. So if I'm going to have somebody where I need Team Y to win to win my bet, and Team X is minus whatever, and I'm not even on them, I'm not going to hedge. Another example is... Last year, I had the Bucks 20 to one to win the East, and I think 101, maybe 120 to one, one of those two, to win the NBA championship. And when they were up 2-0, the Raptors were eight to one to come back and win the series. So I obviously took that price. So I mean, in those scenarios, when I have a good ROI and I can make money. And it would just cut into my profits just a little bit if I hedged. I'll do it. But if I, I'm not going to cut into my profits in a little bit. If you guys are following my money management system with parlays and futures, you're not risking that much to win a, a good chunk of change, a heavy unit ROI. So it won't have that big effect on, on your bankroll. If you are struggling with your bankroll and not managing it properly, then yeah, you should probably be hedging more. But... Me and my guys, we're very disciplined, so we don't we don't have that issue. And that's not something that I do that much unless I get those examples I was just talking about 
where it is a high significant plus money and I can do it. So case in point, what's a future I have? Um, the Colts, okay? Everyone knows I'm high on the Colts. Hypothetically, let's say the Colts are playing, what's a team, whatever team, and in the AFC championship game, and they're up 17-0, and I have the Colts to win the Super Bowl. And they're playing, let's say, hypothetically, the Chiefs. They're up 17-0, and the Chiefs are plus 700 to come back and win. Then I'd put a small unit on the Chiefs, so that way I would be hedging my bet. So it was just a small, a small play, and that would be it because I have the Colts what I have the Colts I think I'm like 28 to 1 to win it all and that's a half unit play so that's a half unit to win 14 units if I could get the Chiefs and they're playing the Chiefs hypothetically whatever Chiefs in the AFC championship game and Chiefs live are plus 700 and I'm like oh shit it's Mahomes Mahomes can get shit going I would put probably a two and a half unit wager on that play. So that way I'd get a little ROI in it. The two and a half units I'm putting on, on that play when it cut into the 14 units if they win it. So that's just kind of an example of what I would do. But that's just more of a thing I have to think of on the fly or before the game. I'll write down what I'll be looking for to make it happen, if that makes sense. And again, if you guys have any questions about hedging or everything, my DMs are always open. I get people DMing me all the time, and I do my best to get back to them. And if I do, if I haven't gotten back to you, I'm sorry. This week has been hellacious, to say the least. And the last thing I just want to talk touch on is uh, rookie wide receivers. So the main thing for me when I'm looking at a rookie wide receiver is I want to make sure he's in a good situation. If he's in the situation where he's playing alongside someone and he's not going to be the alpha, the main guy, wide receiver one, then I'll look to him. But I don't want to play a wide receiver one that's a rookie in fantasy football. I just don't want to do it. Now, why, you ask? Well, when you're wide receiver one, you're obviously going to be the focal point of the defense and the person that the defense is looking to take away. So I'm going to use Mims for an example with the Giants. I am totally out on Mims this year. I am totally out on Mims. Why? Mims had a hard time with separation against Big 12 defenders on the line, which anyone that's watched film should know, and he had problems catching the ball. So if you can't get separation on the line against Big 12 DBs, how the hell are you going to do it against NFL DBs? How? You're going to struggle until your technique gets better and you get used to the game, if it does, if it does. And plus, when you're wide receiver number one, what happens? You draw cornerback number one. So you're telling, I don't even know if the Jets play the Cardinals, but you're telling me Mims is going to be able to do anything against Patrick Peterson? No, he's not. Play, go against the Eagles and play big play slay? No, he's not. I would never, I would just walk away and not want anything to do with that matchup. I'd be like, okay, boom, that's you. I'll take the L. You know, I don't want it. But you get someone like Judy. Okay, Judy's playing next to Cortland Sutton. If you're the top DB, top DB, if you're the coach, who are you going to have 
the top DB guard, Judy or Sun. Obviously, Cortland Sun, because he's one of the better wide receivers in the league. So Judy will get the weaker matchup against the weaker DB. Thus, he's in a better position, and I'd look to him, go to him more. So when you're looking at wide receivers, especially in fantasy football, I feel, I feel that's something that gets overlooked a lot. You know, people are talking about C.D. Lamb. You know, he's in a pretty good position because people will probably cover Amari more. So he's in a pretty good position, but you have to remember there's only one football. And everyone's putting up these astronomical totals for the Cowboys. Cowboys offense was pretty good. And to think the Cowboys offense is going to outperform their that their offense did last year is insanely unrealistic. So I kind of temper the expectations on him. Michael Pittman. I mean, if you're a DB, if you're a coach, are you going to have your top DB check Pittman or Hilton? Hilton's always hurt. I'd probably go Pittman. So it's just something you guys kind of kind of look at. And something that gets really lost in the mix is where is that top DB going to play against? Because if you're wide receiver one and you draw all the attention, that's a real tough one. A real tough one. But that is it today. An exciting announcement next, starting next week. Sterling from Silver Star Sports, he's going to be on... And we're going to be breaking down, I believe, the AFC East. We're going to go division by division. And we're going to do one division each week. Really looking forward to that. He's a great guy. If you're not following Silver Star Sports, make sure you do it. I mean, he puts out great original content. And his thoughts are original, which is good to see because there's not many people doing original content like he is. So that's really good to see. Really looking forward for him coming on. Really like uh, talking sports with him. So we're going to be talking NFL. So if you have any NFL questions, definitely shoot them over to me so we can get them on. And great day of sports. We got the Belmont later today. All my horse racing picks are posted. We got Xfinity Racing. I'll be posting that soon. We got UFC. And this is like a loaded day of sports, So which is good. And also, we got Father's Day tomorrow. Uh, you know, real quick, just want to say something about my old man, who's been one of the best influences in my life. Um, you know, he always believed in me. When I had my big in- foot injury, he was the main guy that, you know, helped me get through it and gave me the motivation to get through it and kind of helped me put life in perspective. During this COVID thing, you know, he was the one who kind of gave me some suggestions on what to do. And just, you know, always being supportive. And this guy, he worked 45 minutes away from where we lived when I was growing up. And yet somehow he made it to every single one of my sporting events. I have no idea how the hell he did that looking back at it. But he went to every single one of my effing sporting events growing up. And I played a ton of sports. And then later, when I got older, a ton of basketball. And he was at every effing game. Every effing game. Which, you know, meant a lot to me. And even to this day with his advice and everything. So, Dad, I love you. And I know you're probably listening at this because you always support me. So, uh, thanks for everything you do. So, remember to take care of your dads tomorrow. Um, I got lucky. I got a real good one. So, be safe. Stay smart. Don't look for any drama with anybody. 
and I will talk to you guys next week.